Welcome to the Ridge Life Podcast. We at Pleasant Ridge Christian Fellowship trust this message will be an encouragement to you. Please join with us as we look into God's Word with Pastor Mike Bird. So today I would like to talk about who is God and who are we? One of the songs that I had them play was Make Me a Servant. And when I got saved on July 12th, 1985, four o'clock in the afternoon, I was given in the next week or so a, a, a cassette. And you probably don't know what cassettes are, but <laughs> I was given a cassette. And on the, on the was the song. Make me a servant. And I listened to it, and I listened to it, and I said, that's really what I want to be. I really want to be a servant for the Lord. And it helped me in my thinking to focus. You know what I'm saying? I wanted to, I could focus on something other than my own personal problems. And I had a lot of problems. I was close to committing suicide, and I had a lot of problems. But the Lord brought me to that low spot in my life where he could reach out and touch me, and I would receive that. I would reach back. And I, did, and I was given a Bible, and I was told to start reading the Gospel of John, and the Lord just started working in my life. But the song, Make Me a Servant, Make Me a Servant. What does that mean? Make me a servant of the living God. So, and I don't know God maybe any better than you guys do. I mean, who, how can you know a God who has always been who created everything in the universe that we discover new every day. I just saw the other day where they, in their telescope, they could see another galaxy. I mean, he's opening our eyes to his wonders. You know, we discover things that he's created whenever he did it, you know, whenever he did. But he's now opening our eyes, giving us the insight to technology that we can really be in awe of who he is. Not in awe of who the universe is or in awe of who we are, but we can be in awe of who he is as we discover these things. I just learned the other day I asked Jeremy Maurer, he works for NASA, and he's a friend of mine. And I said, now, I was reading a computer. If the Earth rotates around the sun in a year, and we're, I don't know how many millions of miles from the sun, so how fast does the Earth have to go in order to make that one revolution around the sun. 
He said, 67,000 mile an hour. I said, man, no wonder it's so windy out sometimes. <laughs> 67,000 mile an hour, we're going. And I said, now, are we, how, you know, are we, he said, we're going in a straight line, but because of the pull, gravity of the sun, it keeps us in orbit. And I thought, wow. I mean, 67,000 miles, now that's, that's moving down the road. When you think about it. And then we're revolving. And it's all, you know, all these planets revolve around the sun in our solar system. He told me there's a difference between galaxy and solar system. We have a solar system here. So, he has this, how did he figure it out? You ever think, I mean, how did, how did all this even think about? I mean, to me, it's, it's mind-boggling. I can't believe, I just can't believe that we would be traveling at 67,000 mile an hour and yet it seems calm and everything is working in sync and we don't fly out of orbit, we don't get too close. Everything is perfect in harmony. Everything in the world is in harmony. The only thing really disturbing the harmony is us. Like now they're trying to burn down the rainforest in Brazil which produces 20% of our oxygen. You know, we are the problem. God is not the problem. God is our solution. He was the solution for Tom how many years ago? He's the solution for you. He's the solution for, solution for us today and tomorrow. Uh, I was reading about what verse can I use to describe God? So I came across Isaiah, who lived in the 700s, 700 BC. And he started writing his prophecies down in 740 BC. And around 690, when King Manassas couldn't put up with him anymore, had him sawed in two to shut him up. So if you would show, okay, Isaiah 42, 5. Thus says the Lord, the God, the Lord, who created the heavens and stretched them out, who spread out the earth and what comes from it, who gives breath to the people on it and spirit to those who walk in it. I am the Lord. I have called you in righteousness. I will take you by the hand 
and keep you. I will give you as a covenant for the people a light for the nations to open the eyes that are blind, to bring out the prisoners from the dungeons, from the prison, those who sit in darkness. I am the Lord, that is my name. My glory I give to no other, nor my praise to craven idols. Behold, the former things have come to pass, and new things I now declare. Before they spring forth, I tell you of them. Now this man lived 3,000 years ago. And he's talking to us today as a prophet. So what is a prophet? Like it's, have you ever watched a press secretary with uh, the president? The press secretary says exactly what the president has told them he wants known. An ambassador only takes a position that the president has on a certain situation in whatever country in the world he's in. This is what a prophet is. He tells us exactly what the Lord has told him to say to us. So how does that affect us? Do we then in turn take what Isaiah said and give that to our friends and neighbors? Do we help them understand where we are, where God, who God is? Do we help them understand who God is? There's times when we need to be Jesus in the flesh to people. Colossians 1.15 tells who Jesus is. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. So what is that saying? That is who Jesus is. He created all things. He holds all things together. We sing a song about 
he gives us breath. Every breath we take, he gives he gave us. And that's true. That is true. That's what Isaiah said. The breath and the spirit that make us living beings. He gives us. Every, every breath we take is from him. It's not just because we're healthy or we're whatever, but he controls everything in our life. All things work for his purpose. Back in July of 85, I was desperate. I was going to end it all because I, there was no solution for me. There was no light at the tunnel, in the end of the tunnel. There was nothing. I came to a T in the road and left was to the barn and hang myself. And to the right was Jesus. But I didn't know that. Do you know what I'm saying? I didn't know that until I was offered the opportunity to receive him. Sitting in my kitchen. And a friend led me in the prayer and it was like a light just kind of came on. All of a sudden there was a hope. I had been raised Catholic and I knew about, I knew about God. But God was not a person, I mean, a person in my life. He was like a deity, an, an entity, uh, the thing, a force. But when I received Jesus as my Savior and then started reading John, the Gospel of John, he became a reality in my life. He was no longer just a fictional character. He was a reality. And this is the message that we need to convey to our neighbors. This is the message we need to convey to our neighbors. Let's go to who are we. Let's go to Psalm 139.13. For you formed me in my inward parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. Now that's hard to, that's a hard, that's a hard thing because we don't associate that with God's hand in our life. We don't associate that. But in all circumstances, in all situations, God is in control. And he is the creator. He is the creator. We don't create anything. We can't create anything. We have a hard time just making things out of stuff that he created. Believe me, I can, I can show you my handiwork at home. So every baby that's born, he gives them breath. 
He gives them breath for a purpose. There is a purpose in what he does. Acts 17, 26 and 27. And he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on the face of the earth, having determined allotted periods and boundaries of their dwelling place, that they should seek God and perhaps feel their way towards him and find him. That's our purpose. Yet he is actually not far from us at all. He's right beside us. If you're a believer, the verse that really has spoke to me in my life is Psalm 32.8. I will teach you and instruct you the way you should go. I will keep my eye, I have my eye on you. Now, not only will he teach me and instruct me, but he has his eye on me at all times. All of us, he has his eye on you. No matter what you do, no matter where you go, no matter. Romans 9, 20, and 21. But who are you, O man, to answer back to God? Will what is molded say to its molder, why have you made me like this? Has the potter no right over the clay to make out of the same lump one vessel for honorable use and another for dishonorable Use. I always wanted to be my neighbor's son. Because they had a lot of money. They lived in a big house. They had a lot of money. And they had this really big train set. I like trains, by the way. I mean, I got this American flyer with a circle, you know. But I went over to their house. They had the whole living room, and they had the Santa Fe passenger train, and they had switches where they could make it go in different ways. I thought, gee, whiz, why did I? But there's a reason. There is a reason. There is a reason. So what is our purpose? What is our purpose in life? I mean, JR makes body parts. <laughs> Literally. Yeah, Don's got a couple of them. <laughs> I, mean, I worked on the railroad for 36 years. Kim, he's a carpenter, does trim work. Richard, he just flies around. So, what is our purpose in life? Now, I had a talent to be able to do customer service. 
but I couldn't do carpentry and I wasn't very good at building altering body parts. I've got a couple bruises from trying to alter my body parts, but that is a talent. That's not my purpose. I'm not a railroad customer service person. I'm not, that's not who I am. I did that because I had the ability. Ed, he welded boats. But Ed's not a welder. If you go stand in the garage, you're not a car. You know what I'm saying? If I go stand in the yard, I don't become a weed. <laughs> so what is our purpose? in life. It is to love the Lord. Luke 10, 27. And he answered, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. That is your purpose. When you get to the pearly gates, Jesus is going to say, boy, you were really a good welder. Or, man, you were really a good customer service for the railroad. You, you're not going to say that. He's going to say, well done, good and faithful servant. Make me a servant. That is my purpose. Make me a servant of the Most High God. That is your purpose. That's not my talent, but that's my purpose. I always wanted to be a, an auto mechanic. I even took auto mechanics in high school. And I went in the Marine Corps and they made me a telephone man. I'm thinking, how could this be? How can I want to be a mechanic? And they told me that they showed me how to climb 40 foot telephone poles and install phones. That's not what I wanted to be. So needless to say, I didn't become an auto mechanic. I did work for the phone company for a while. But the, I could type, so I could fit in customer service. I could do the computer. But that was my talent, not my purpose. Our purpose is to love the Lord. That's our purpose. When we get to heaven, the only thing that's going to count is if you love the Lord. That's the only thing that's going to count. Doesn't matter how much, how many golf courses or country clubs or sky bright, how many times you were president or whatever. That has no bearing on you getting into heaven. Because that's your talent. And yes, he's given us a talent to, be, to use to take out the gospel and love our neighbors by telling them what Jesus has done in our lives. All you have to do is just tell what Jesus did in our life. You don't have to make up a sermon. You don't have to make up some story or recite the Bible to them. All you have to do is tell them what Jesus has done in your life. He's completely changed my life. 
I was a very shy, introverted person. And people are saying, there is no way. I was. I wouldn't, if I went to the mall, I, would, I was too shy to go up to a clerk and ask him where the soap was. Or, I, I, I wouldn't do that. I would not do that. I was too shy. Do I do it now? <laughs> it, it, but the Lord's changed me from the inside out. When I went to West Virginia, the pastor says, uh, I want you to teach uh, Wednesday night. What? He said, yeah, you can do it. It was a struggle. It was a struggle. I talked about the uh, centurion. I talked about the centurion. Man, just like, I was shaking so much I had a hard time just talking. Then the pastor says, our Sunday school teacher has quit. Tomorrow, you need to teach, teach Sunday school. Uh. About six months later, he said, I'm going on vacation. <laughs> so then I had to teach Sunday school, preach, and do Sunday night. Remember that? But I did. I did it. And as I did it, I understood that it really wasn't me. There was someone inside of me who was really doing it. And his name wasn't Tom. And I, I've learned, like, I've got, I, I got it so big because I can't see. But I don't really have, I used to have a lot of notes. I used to have a lot of notes. Now say this and say that and don't forget this. I have no notes today at all. All I have is scripture. And I have the Holy Spirit Amen. guiding me and telling me what I need to say. Now, you, know, you got to understand, you know God's got to have a sense of humor to listen to me talk. <laughs> because sometimes it comes out a little bit strange. But you, you, have to, you have to trust the Lord. You have to trust the Lord. You have to trust the Holy Spirit. And as you trust the Holy Spirit, he will help you love the Lord. He will help you love Jesus and Yahweh. He will help you do this. Do you know what I'm saying? You, but you really need to trust the Holy Spirit. Walk in the Spirit. Trust Him. Trust Him. Talk to him. Speak to him. Ask him to come in and fill you. Fill you with the love that he has for you. Fill you. See, the Holy Spirit's in us. And when we got saved, 
We received the Holy Spirit. All of it. We got the Holy Spirit. The same that was in Jesus, the same Spirit that was in Paul and Peter. But how much of that Spirit did he receive? How much of our Spirit did he receive? How much of us did he receive so that he can work in our lives? Do you know what I'm saying? He is in us full, but we're not quite, you know, we got a lot of closets yet in our lives that we've not opened up to him so that he could really, really work in us. I mean, I pray all the time, come Holy Spirit. Fill us. Come Holy Spirit. Fill me, guide me, help me. Open up, and the prayer is not that he, but it's that I will yield. It's like when Matthew, it says, he knows before you pray what you're going to pray. You're not telling him something that he doesn't know. I, I hit my thumb with a hammer. Oh, okay, let me get down there and that isn't the way it is. We're, he, we pray so that we can receive the blessing that he has for us from the prayer. Because if you don't ask, you can't receive. If you don't ask, you can't receive. Right? So we ask to receive or what he already knows. I mean, it's like my children used to come and want this and come. I knew they wanted that stuff. I mean, I knew they wanted a bike or whatever. I mean, I knew that. But I wanted them to come and, hey, Dad, I'd like to have this bike. Eh, we'll see. That was my favorite. Eh, we'll see. But I knew what they wanted. I just wanted them to understand you know what I'm saying? Okay, I'm going to close. But I just want you to understand how much the Lord wants us to yield to him. It's not about us getting more. It's us about yielding more to him. That's where the that's where that's where we're at. That's where we're at. that's why we study. That's why we pray. That's why we come to church to yield, to bow the knee, to wash his feet, to yield to him. If you're interested in more information about our church or knowing the peace that Jesus gives, visit our website at lifeattheridge.church.